Welcome to the Life Toy Attic with Ben and Molly. I am Ben. And I'm Rihanna. Yeah? Is that a Rihanna song? I genuinely couldn't oh, tell God. you. I'm I'm, so, I don't know anything about pop music. Neither of us are particularly popped in, popped in, popped plugged into in the, the pop music I'm not popped into plug music. Yes. Uh. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I think my pull would have been, and I'm sinking your battleship. Oh, that sounds kind of sexual. It does sound, but th- have you listened to this podcast? Like, we, that's, oh. it's not like the first time that conversation, okay, that topic. Okay, do we want to try again? No, I think this is it now. I think I'm this slowly is the... inserting your battleship into my ocean, <laughs> into my marina's trench. Oh man. So yeah, this week we're watching, uh, Babbleship. 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 Yes. Okay, well, that is definitely I'm really a not real looking word. forward to this movie. Oh god, so no. I'm trying to make it fun. I would, I would rather watch Tom and Jerry and Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory than I watch... feel like that would be like a cultural experience. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely, I think there is something to enjoy in that particular garbage yeah. dump. This just feels like we're about to watch a lot of people make poor career choices. Mm, yeah. And maybe watching If this I wanted gonna... that, I could just go look in a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely uh, get get how that feels. We're also, um, we're recording in a different place. Oh yeah, that's why my voice sounds different. Yeah, we're, we, uh, traditionally we've recorded in Molly's apartment, but we're at my apartment today. Um, mostly. Yeah, there's no ivory tickling. There's no pianos. There's, There's no cats shitting. <laughs> There's fewer distractions, and I feel like the microphone is in a better place. But there are planes that periodically. We do go have to stop so because it is a trade-off. I I I thought I had a plane. We're fine. I do basically live on top of an airport. I live in the the what's that tower called? The the tower. There we go. There's a plane. Let's. I'm not going to edit this one out. I'm going to let you guys enjoy this. The plane soothing experience. sounds. Here we go. That was a quiet well, I think one, you actually. talked over it. Yeah, I talked over the, the bulk of it. But we get bigger ones. I think there must have been like a small private plane. That was clearly Ricky Gervais flying into town to scold some Christians. I don't know what I'm fucking That sounds right. Saying. I thought sound... you were going to say to scold you because you stole his laugh. Yeah, I do. I did actively steal his laugh. I wore a cat suit. I snuck into his house at dead of night. I gave his, his dog some sausages to keep the dog placated. Mm-hmm. And then I snuck into his bedroom and I opened his... His uh, his little laugh box. Where and he I, keeps all his voices. Where he keeps all his voices. And I stole that one laugh. And you put it in a little shell necklace that you yes. wear now. <laughs> and then I put suction cups on my hands and I suction cupped myself up the side of the building. Which was dumb because he lives in a house. So I had to do it to go back down again. And then I was out the door and scot free and I had his laugh. Yeah. And if he wants it back, he, has, he knows how much he has to pay. He's read the letter. I say read the letter. I mean, I sent him a Facebook message. And it's marked scene. So <laughs> I didn't use my profile to do it though. I'm not an idiot. So, balls in your court. Balls in your court, Gervais. Richard. Richard? Is it short for Richard? Ricky? Oh, it would be, wouldn't it? Oh, I know, you know, I'd never even thought about it. Never once. Oh. Think, oh. He's just Ricky. Welcome to this new thought experience. <laughs> it's weird because I know I know a few friends named Mikey who are Mikey, and let me start that entire sentence again, because what am I fucking thinking? I have a few friends called Mikey, and I'm able to take Mikey and kind of that's Mike. That's Michael. That makes sense. Ricky, I've I've never been able to like 
connect those dots back to Richard. Oh. Even though, I mean, I know, like, intellectually I know this, but it's like, in the moments... I'm glad I could, like, take your hand and guide you. Yeah. You know, it wasn't until, like, last year that I realized Nicole was a form of Nicholas. I thought it was just a weird name. Someone put letters together and was like, here you go, young lady. <laughs> just for you. Here's just for you, here's a bespoke name. A little name. Well, all names are technically bespoke. Well, not really. Wait, are they? Wait, how would you... No. We're doing everything we can to avoid watching this movie. I don't want to watch. I'm really not excited. In my mind, I thought, for some reason, I thought it was like an 80s movie. I didn't realize it was the recent one. Oh, no. When, that, when like, the trailer would come on, I would roll my eyes. Is there an 80s one? No, I think I was thinking of War Games or oh, something some along sense, those yeah. lines. I think, in my mind, that's what I was expecting. Yeah. I, I, I go back and forth. I do think about War Games frequently because it's... I've never it's a, seen it. It's a funky 80s movie. And I wonder whether that counts as toyetic. I don't think it really does. What if we went and watched War Games instead of Battleship? Maybe we'll watch Battleship, but we'll come back and... Talk about It'll be War as Games. if. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe we just won't watch Battleship and we'll make up a fake review. Mm. Wasn't it great when Rihanna wrote that Battleship? <laughs> when she sang that song about the Battleship. Yeah. We'll just watch Wreck-It Ralph, because she has that song in Wreck-It Ralph. She does? Shut Up and Drive, when they're teaching um, oh, Vanellope Hill. I really, really don't know anything about Rihanna. I'm so sorry. I know, I know that she had a... The song Shut Up and Drive, which appears in Wreck-It Ralph, is definitely about sex. I know she sex. has a tattoo. Does she, I don't know what her tattoo is. Please tell me It's more. an Egyptian tattoo. Okay. Under her beetles. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like racking my brain for all my Rihanna knowledge, and there's like two files in this drawer. I'm basically expecting this movie to be a crash course in everything I need to know about Rihanna. Yeah, I, I was, I'm hoping it's just a, a Rihanna biopic where yeah. she plays herself. Who else is in this movie? I, I really don't know. She's You're in the it. one who told me that Rihanna was in it. I, I genuinely have no idea. I know that she's in it because... That's... I'm flying blind. It's almost like I'm playing Battleship. <laughs> and I don't know where things are. Uh, when was the last time you played Battleship? It's been a while for me. It would have been in French class. We played Battleship in French. Interesting. So when you hit, if you, okay, if you're playing Battleship in French and someone hits hits your Battleship, you say succès. Okay, that's Liam, all I remember. Liam Neeson is in this movie. No, Liam, you have a career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alexander Skarsgård is in this movie. That's the one. Who was in Mamma Mia? No. He's in something. There's a... Mm. Rihanna is credited first on Wikipedia. Taylor Kitsch? Who's, who I don't, I don't recognize. Know who that is. Brooklyn Decker. Definitely don't know who that is. Peter Berg. Don't know who that is. Alexander Skarsgård, Liam Neeson. Don't know who that is. Uh, Tadet Nobu Asano, don't whose name I is. probably mispronounced, and I apologize to our listeners for that. Gregory D. Gadsden. That sounds made up. Jesse Plemons, yes, we know who I he is. Do we? Uh, I think we Show do. Show me a photo. You're hogging the screen. Jesse Plemons, that's this guy, the guy who looks like someone broke Matt Damon and tried to reassemble him in a hurry before oh, anyone caught him. I don't think I've ever seen that man before. He's in Game Night, which I saw with Timber, and oh. he is, uh, he was in the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror, and I'm sure he's done some other things. Fargo, Breaking Bad, Battleship. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Rihanna and Liam Neeson. Those are the two names that I'm like clinging to. Those are I'm basically expecting this to be like taken, but Rihanna like sings her way out of sexual slavery. It's it's, it's taken, but they stole a battleship. <laughs> Liam, Neeson. Liam Neeson commandeers a battleship and <laughs> plows into Paris. 
That's a, that's just speed two cruise control, isn't it? Oh yeah. Well, I guess. I remember. There's nothing new under the sun, man. I remember when Speed Two Cruise Control came out, and it was the first time as a because it's not this isn't something you typically see in uh, like commercials for films on TV in the UK where they say only in theaters. And as a kid, I remember thinking, "Oh shit, does that mean it's never going to come out on video? Like if I if I want to see Speed Two Cruise Control, I have to go to see it in the theater, and then it's gone forever." Whereas only in theaters is much more common here in the states, if only because in England we mostly call them cinemas. Oh. I guess that's true. Going to the cinema? Going to go to the cinema and watch Battleship? You're making fun of your own people. Liam Neeson's in it. I love Liam Neeson's. Okay. I'm going to let you do this. No, I feel uncomfortable. No, that's all I've got. You can mock your own culture. I feel uncomfortable mocking your culture. Do you want to mock your culture? Um, Even things out of it? Um, um, there's so much to choose from. But it all makes me really depressed. <laughs> <laughs> makes me depressed too. Yeah. Hey, I chose to live here. I could leave if I wanted to. You could to. leave. I made the... I'm stuck. <laughs> I'm stuck here. You sound here. like a bear trapped in a hole. Sometimes I wake up and I feel that way. Uh, I check the news and I feel like I'm trapped in a hole and also I'm a bear. Yes. Bears react most negatively to... Uh, Being trapped in holes. Also, which is weird because they're dead animals. Also the news. Oh yeah, they don't like the news. They're not big fans. That's why they hibernate in the winter because that's when like, all the politics happens. This. Yeah. Alright, should we go and watch this film now? I guess we have to, because that's the premise of the show. Okay, we can change the podcast at any time. Okay. What do we want what do we want the podcast maybe to be? Maybe we might be changing it while we're watching. We maybe we may get a few minutes in. That seems like the perfect note on which to end this segment of the show. Um we're gonna go off and watch Battleship. 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 And uh, we'll be back after these potentially not as old as expected commercial messages. Battleship. 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 Milton Bradley's great game of strategy. It's loaded with action and suspense. Play it anytime, anywhere. B4. Hit. J1. Ha! Battleship, a game of strategy from Milton Bradley. How do we begin? Uh, uh, We're back, obviously. I regret everything. This is this is gonna be a this is this is this is gonna, this is gonna be a short. This is gonna go the way of the Masters of the Universe it's gonna episode. Be I feel like five hundred miles. It's gonna be difficult. It's gonna be a struggle to watch this film. I only to, made well, not to watch it. It was a struggle it to watch this struggle. film. It's gonna be a struggle to talk about this film. Um, firstly, again, a, a sincere apology to anyone who may have watched this film because of us just now. I'm gonna carry that weight for the rest of my life. A, for a long time, yeah. There's no way we can't that that weighs heavy on a soul. Yeah. There's really no other way around it. We. We have to talk about this for an entire podcast. I'm so, I feel bad because that was such a terrible experience and now I just have to relive it immediately. It, like when you're the victim of a crime and the crime itself is bad enough, but then you have to like describe it to the police. <laughs> That's what this feels like. Yeah. Um, I think this might actually be the worst film we've ever watched. I I feel like that can't be true, but also I don't feel like I can argue with you on that. I, I feel so numb to sensation. I feel like something... That is intrinsic, that makes me me. I feel like the spark of life has been plucked yeah. from the open cavity of my chest. I think this film, like, harvested it from you this for film, some nefarious purpose. This film did something to me, 
and I don't like it. I don't approve of it, and I want it. Got. I want it back. Whatever this film took from me, I want it back. Time mostly, I think. Yeah, two hours and eleven minutes. Time, patience. I don't think we're necessarily going to be able to recount the narrative of this movie because there isn't one. That it's, it's so. This movie was like a slick surface, and we're expected to try to climb up this wall, but there's nothing for us to get purchase onto. It's yeah. just. It was just things happening in shades of either orange or blue. Mm. You don't get a sense that the filmmakers ever really made any decisions. There wasn't a story. There was just things happening. Yeah. Let's try... We're going to have difficulty going through the narrative, but let's let's try to cover... What did we like about this movie? Let's Nothing. try to start... No, I know, I know that's not true. I know that's <laughs> not true. Because the third act of the movie where they go to the... Act, the third act is promising. Third act, you get like a little taste of what you wished the movie had been. Yeah, like that—that's a whole premise. So what? The I third. Think we do have to at least like recap. Do we want to try? Okay, all right. Let me grab my notes. I I couldn't do anything else. Tell 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 our listener listeners our optimistically one listener. our one listener Jeremy. Hi Jeremy. Uh, tell our listeners what your note was. Uh, my note was I hate everything. I just wrote that, and then I couldn't think of anything else to write because. Every time I looked at the screen, that was the overwhelming yeah. thing I was hearing echoing inside my head. Yeah. It's pretty it's pretty bad. So the film opens with um, a character who I can't remember. I guess that's Hopper. Hopper. Hopper and his brother are in a bar celebrating oh, Hopper's God, birthday. Oh, God, that's right. Yes. I forgot about the opening sequence that doesn't contribute anything there's, to the narrative. There's no... This, this, if I was... If I worked at the studio, the first 10 minutes of this movie oh, more gets than that. cut. It's more 10, 15 that. minutes just goes. Honestly, the movie, the story doesn't even really start until at least 20 minutes in. Everything up until the point where, like, the aliens actually show up is just nonsense that, like, doesn't matter. So it's really the first hour of the movie. Really, the first... This whole movie didn't need to exist. We... Let me just... Let me just... Just to impart to you, Jeremy, how fucking wretched this film is we get the we are the full length of an episode of doctor who before we really get to see what the aliens are and even then we don't really see them for another i want to say 20 minutes mm -hmm. but we open in this bar celebrating uh hopper's birthday hopper's brother says make a wish and hopper's like oh there's a cute blonde at the front counter and he makes his wish on her we never why we never, she's there. Yeah. She never really acquires a personality. Well, we know why she's there. She wants a burrito. And obviously the only place to get a burrito is a, bar. a dive bar. Yeah. yeah. So she's trying to get a burrito. Maybe she saw that place on Diners, Ribbons, and Dives. <laughs> she was like, yeah. Guy Fieri said that they had the yeah. best burritos here. I'm here because Guy Fieri said that, Fieri. Uh, said that your burritos are second to none. But I think what he meant is that it would be better to have none. nothing. Yeah. Than, so she tries to order a burrito, and the, the guy at the bar is like, Sorry, kitchen's closed. It's a long journey. That's I'll not, need a snack. That's not what he sounds like. And also, I'm pretty sure the, the bartender is the guy who played Edgar in 24. Okay, cool. I need to look it up. but I, I, I've never seen 24, so I can't comment. It's, it's the kind of show that, like, given my temperament, I shouldn't have watched, but I definitely did. How much of it did you watch? All of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a very that's a very unmolly show. My parents were really into it. I think because they're very patriotic. Yeah, that was Edgar. Cool. 
So yeah, Edgar from Twenty Four, I guess, was the the the, the He barman. dies in Twenty Four, but he doesn't die in Battleship. No, that's a bunch of other people. Maybe do Edgar that. didn't really die in Twenty Four, and he just was like, "I'm done working at CTU. I'm gonna go be a bartender." Yes. So I think that's what happened. So she wants a burrito, and he refuses to make a burrito. He says the kitchen's closed. The kitchen, by the way, being a microwave. So Hopper goes up and hits on this girl, and he says, uh. What's, uh, what's your name? What are you here for? And she just says, I want a burrito. He asks, Like most women do. Yeah, that's at pretty much... At any given time. Because yeah. women love being approached by men at bars. Women love that shit. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. So, um, so she's like, I just want a burrito. The barman refuses to make the burrito for him. So he's not sexist. He's just an asshole. And then he's like, well, I'm going to go get you a burrito. Runs out to a gas station. He gets there just as the gas station's closing. The gas station attendant refuses to open the the ga- the the, uh, the gas station to make to let him to buy let a burrito. Him buy a thing. So he does the rational thing. He goes onto the Grubhub app and he orders a takeout burrito and has it. Del- no, what he does is he breaks into the fucking gas station. And we get two minutes of CCTV footage. <sighs> That if you posted this on the internet, on Tumblr, and like, look at this idiot breaking into a gas station for a burrito, I'd be like, this is amazing. As the opening to a tentpole summer blockbuster, it is the dumbest thing I think I've ever seen in a, in, in the first 15 minutes of any movie. Every part of this movie is the dumbest thing I've ever oh, seen. Oh, it, it, it's, it's the stupidest thing that Liam Neeson has ever, ever been in. But So he breaks in, he steal, he st- quote, steals a burrito, but he leaves cash on the counter. Yeah, so really, he hasn't done anything wrong. And then he's running back to the bar with and a the burrito in hand. And the are chasing him, and they whip out their tasers. Which is perfectly safe and healthy. They tase him twice. They tase him twice. And as he's on the ground convulsing, his arm he is outstretched the with the burrito. And she apparently thinks that's endearing, because flash cut to 2012, five years later... And he's in the Navy, and she's dating him. For some reason. And I want to stress that at this point in the movie, we still do not know her name. Nope. We don't know her name. I think it comes up, like, incidentally. Someone says it, like, I think we were, like, halfway through the movie before we were like, oh, her name is Sam. It's near the end of the... It's, it's when he's twice. saying he hopes that she isn't on the island, is when yeah. he says her name. Yeah, and we're like, who's No, it's when she, when she calls him on the, 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 the Walkford Talkford. It takes a while yeah. to learn her name. I yeah. assume because it doesn't matter because she doesn't yeah. matter. She doesn't matter she, in narrative terms. In narrative terms, everything we've just seen and also her presence in the movie, this film fails the Bechdel test, not because of any... Really, the only reason she, that it fails the Bechdel test is there's no other women for her to talk to. The only other the woman, only other would woman be, is, on, is, in the, is in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, that's Brianna, or, or possibly a mermaid. Well, that would be a fun movie. This movie would have been greatly enhanced with the addition of mermaids, no. but we don't get this movie is any very mermaids. much everything's made up and the points don't matter kind of yeah, situation. It's it's very yeah, it does it feels like fucking improv games. It's it just feels like someone's NaNoWriMo novel that they just started <laughs> writing at the beginning. They didn't know what kind of story they were writing. They're like, oh, I'm gonna write, you know, a chiclet. Yeah. Boy meets a girl, gets her a burrito. And then suddenly they were like, you know, this is boring. I'm not enjoying writing this. I've written, you know, a couple thousand words and this just isn't taking off for me. What if I turn this into an alien invasion story? The t- Whoever wrote this movie, I wonder how many people wrote this movie, but I guarantee you it was like, okay, I'm writing a scene. I'm going to hand it to you and then you have to write the next scene. And then you have to, and so on and so on. But no, you only read the scene that came before yeah. your scene. This, oh, what is, it was like called like an exquisite corpse or something like that where it's just, yeah, you don't have, okay. Is so there a name for that game? 
Yeah, I think Is that so. What it's called? There are two people who wrote this movie, John Hober and, and Eric Hober. Do you think they passed it back and forth between each other and one wrote a word and the other one wrote a word? I think they wrote a sentence and then they folded the top of the paper <laughs> and then the next one wrote the next sentence and then they, and so on and so on. So let me go back to my notes quickly. Hopper has been forced by his brother to enlist in the Navy. But he's about to get booted out of the Navy because he's... Because a... someone forced him to join the Navy. Yeah, and he didn't want to... Not go... great for retention. Yeah, it's not super duper great. Do we want to... I mean, we got... there's also this satellite program that's kind of mentioned Jesus. very briefly at the beginning of the movie. This movie hurts. Where we discovered this other Earth-like planet. It's like, it was... Like an M-class planet, like a Goldilocks planet. Yeah, a Goldilocks planet. If it's too close to the sun, it's too warm. If it's too far away from the sun, it's too cold. But this one is just right for sustaining life. So we've been sending signals to this planet for... At the, the point where the movie takes place, about five or six years, uh, in the hopes of... I don't... No, really? I don't know. I think the assumption is, well, if it's a Goldilocks planet, which we're calling Planet G, I say we like I named it that, uh, then there'll be life on the planet, which is a wild assumption to make, but fuck it, they do it anyway. Nothing happens for a lot of time in this movie. There's a lot of... what It's it's like a recruitment commercial for the Navy. Yeah, There's a lot of... A very... Sweeping shots kind of, of definitely destroyers. Yeah. the armed services. Yeah. Like. There's a lot of weird shots in this film. There's a lot of the color grading as well is very uh, it's very blue and orange. Every choice, every choice confused me. Yeah. Every choice seemed like someone just shrugged and said, Whatever, whatever you want to do, that's fine. I think the working title of this film was That'll Do. Like it's, <laughs> And then that sounded enough like battleship. They were like, let's make it a battle battleship yeah. movie. Yeah, it. There's so that'll, that'll ship. That'll ship, and then it became that'll ship, and then it became battle do, and which everyone thought was like a Scooby Doo movie where he rides in a mech, like Pacific Rim. <laughs> I would watch that. I think that exists. I hope it exists. If it doesn't, know. it should exist. If you have Lego Scooby Doo toys, you can make it happen. I it's thought, on you, public. I thought Jeremy. it was odd, Jeremy, that like we have this woman, right? This blonde woman with boobies. Ultra plain. I think you described her as like the Megan Fox of this movie. Like that yeah. seems to be what they had been going for. They definitely cast her for that Megan Fox factor. Yeah. Of, oh, she's conventionally attractive. But in terms of how they shoot her, there are more like lingering shots of amputees doing physical therapy than there are of this of this woman. Yeah, like, we get a lot of male gaze of amputees. <sighs> it's like, I feel like the that like I feel like maybe the director was like, yes, she's attractive. She's going to be great for this movie. But apart from the stuff at the bar, like everything where that where she's on that island in Hawaii with the amputee, she's just going hiking. She's it's very a, yeah. It's a very yeah. very chastely shot. Like yeah. every, it's like the camera was like scared. Like don't don't get caught stone open. <laughs> like so everything he shot was like very closely framed yeah. to her face because he was worried they were going to go through the rushes and be like, what did, did Todd spend the whole? Todd's spending a lot of time <laughs> hyper-focusing on not Megan Fox's tits. Maybe Todd is gay. Maybe Todd is gay, but he, he doesn't know it yet. <laughs> or maybe he knows it, but he maybe, hasn't... Maybe this shooting a... this movie is what gave him that awakening of, like, he just realized how deeply indifferent he was towards boobies. Yeah. Although my experience with gay men is they, will, they may not necessarily be attracted to breasts, but they're definitely fascinated. I by think them. of all the gay men I know, I think they all have like strong opinions about boobs. Yeah. But attraction is not one of the feelings. 
Of course, being bisexual, I have both. I have, I have a lot of opinions. Fascination, opinions, and yeah. attraction. Yeah, that's how that works, right? I think I have kind of a neutral fascination. I, I saw neutral fascination uh, at Coachella <laughs> a few years ago. They were all right live. They're okay. That's the joke. That's it. We that was them. great. Thank you. Um, this is great boob content. <laughs> what you listen for jeremy jeremy's all about the 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 boobs man he must have been so bored during the emoji movie episode because we didn't even <laughs> mention we did not discuss any of the breasts on those no. characters did any of them have boobies the dancing lady oh emoji. yeah I, I i kudos to those filmmakers by the way for resisting the urge to put fucking tits on every female emoji <laughs> oh. character because you know they were trying to, how do we put tits on this more tits. She's, what if we... No, no, no. no. I was about to say Jeremy. Sorry, that's our listener. Hampton. Hampton in the art department. Hampton. I figured out a way we can get around it. What if all of the girl emojis are just one big tit? Just one big yellow tit. You have a smiley face. Oh. And Hampton's like, that plays into my fetishes perfectly. No. Can we start, start like talking you about... You need to go to the doctor if you have one big yellow tit. <laughs> one big yellow tit. Again, very good live. Um, <laughs> so we're... Quite a way into the movie, and my note was like, "When is this film going to start?" I know, because we also we and I think you and we watched this with my roommate Luke because we're here. Both were like wondering out loud, "When does the when film is, yeah? When is begin? the plot going to get started? When is the break into two? Like, it's just a lot of weird like housekeeping kind of. There's stuff a lot of world building of in this just movie. like we know what Hawaii is like. We know what what a relationship is. You don't need to show us like how these two characters met. Like, I have a frame of reference for that. Yeah. Oh, also, and I'm going to remind you of this because I forgot while we were watching it, Liam Neeson is in this movie. Yeah, he's in it. He plays Burrito Girl's dad, who is a general in the Navy. The end. He yeah, doesn't do he much. He doesn't do a whole lot. He, he he has very little to do in this movie. And I think we were grateful for that because I didn't want him to, like, sully himself by participating any more than he had to yeah. in this. It's... He's in it. And I feel like he's in it so they can put his name on the cover. Yeah. Everything about this film is so rough, so difficult. It's difficult to watch. It's difficult to pass. It is difficult to talk about. Because it's so... It it feels like... I don't know that we can actually continue talking about the narrative of the movie because there isn't one. We're at the point where the narrative starts to arrive because while they're out on their... Is it a destroyer? Is it a battleship? I don't know. They're on a boat. They're out out to sea off the coast of Hawaii and these five stellar objects... Come from the planet that they contacted. Yeah. And and it's like the scientists are like, oh, we weren't expecting anything to actually happen. They seem baffled. Yeah. But the planet they've been trying to contact, that they've devoted their lives... To contacting for the last five six years is actually responding with violence with violence but a lot of it feels like there's no attempt between humanity and these aliens when they reveal themselves to be aliens to actually communicate they just start killing each other so a lot of me feels like and that, it's never resolved yeah that we never find we out never learn why the aliens are here what they want we can see that they're scanning some stuff and it's not registering to them as important and and they're scanning some other stuff, and it's coming up as red on their scanners, and mm-hmm. then, so they destroy it. And it's like, are you here because of recycling? Technology? Are you here because of ecology? Yeah, because like, what is happening? They'll scan whenever they scan a human. It, it's they leave the human alone. Like the, the human is not a threat. But when they see something like a car 
or an overpass or any sort of structure or like a an engine. They want to destroy that thing and we never learn why. This film is such an incomprehensible mess of contradictory, flat, undeveloped ideas. It's not just... Th- they didn't just throw spaghetti at the wall. They threw every fucking Italian meal they could think of at this wall. None of it sticked, and they shot all of it. That is what happened. I think they just took a bunch of boxes of uncooked pasta and shot it at the wall. So we're just, like, chewing on the, the hard fragments of it. Yeah, That's it's, what watching this movie is like. They loaded a bunch of, like, the little shell pastas into a t-shirt cannon and just <laughs> blasted it. They just flavor blasted like a wall. Like a potato cannon. Yeah. They just shoved a bunch of... It's just... It's, it's mind-numbing. It's... So there's some... The rest of the movie can literally be summed up as they fight a lot. And in ways that don't make sense. Up until the third act, when we have like the the final battle, I guess. That's actually an interesting That's yeah. Take. The, I would just I would do a whole podcast just on the third act, because the third act, as you pointed out, that should be a movie. That that's a standalone idea. It's so fucking smart. Like That was Luke's idea. Yeah. We, oh, it was Luke, yeah. Like that's such a brilliant we watching it. idea, and it's that could have that should have been the movie. Let's talk a little bit. So they, so the aliens have put this dome over Hawaii. Or this they put it under a cup. Hawaii is a spider. Yes. And they've gotten a Dixie cup. And they're just wet. I guess they're looking for a piece of card to slide underneath <laughs> it and they can't find anything. But yeah, they created this dome because the satellite that they're using to, to flavor blast the alien planet is on, is in Hawaii. Uh, sorry. Uh, Molly's also eating oatmeal while we record this. This is great radio. And I'm trying to say the funniest things while she's got a mouthful of food. The aliens want the satellite because their own communication ship crashed in Hong Kong, which I guess oops butterfingers. And I'm so angry at this this I'm angry at this movie because I've never seen a film with so much bombast be so fucking dull. Like there's so, so much happening and yet nothing There's no emotional resonance. Yeah. There's no emotional stakes. They tell you like they're going to destroy the world and my my feeling is like it, there's no tension in this yeah, movie. There's no. There's so much happening. There's. There's no sense of risk. I've got a very yeah. vague sense of escalation towards the end, a little bit. But the third act has a brilliant premise, but it ju- the film doesn't. But it's still stuck conclude. in that movie. Yeah, it's still stuck in that movie, but it doesn't conclude. That bit of the movie just ends, and then we're at the obligatory fucking award ceremony. Award ceremony fucking Princess Leia giving. Uh, Luke Princess Skywalker. Leia is Liam Neeson yes. in this instance. I, I, this film has left my head scrambled. I made notes and I'm not entirely sure. Some, okay, so some stray observations. We'll come back to the third act, because the third act is brilliant. I know that we've mentioned it a lot, but we haven't really talked about it, other than the fact that it just ends. When the aliens start shelling the, the American... When they start shelling the Navy ships, the shells... I made this realization I didn't about realize 10 it. minutes in. I never would have arrived here on my own. I, I, it took you saying it for me to see it. I said it out loud and both you and Luke took like sharp inward breaths. <gasps> yeah. The shells are literally the pegs from the battleship I game. thought they looked like champagne bottles. Like boxy champagne yeah, bottles. Yeah, because they're like a cylinder and then a narrower cylinder on yeah. top of that. But, but they're like the peg. They're, like they're the, absolutely the pegs. You see one kind of 
whiz past the camera in slow motion and you can see the peg end of it. Like that's, that's one of two nods to the game itself. The other nod is when they're trying to track the, they're trying to the track alien the alien ship. ships in the water and they can't, like there's no radar. They're not showing up on the radar and they've never shown up on the radar. So their solution is, they're, they're going to use these, uh, I guess they're like... The tsunami buoys. Tsunami buoys. So the tsunami buoys um, that are in the water. The good tsunami buoys. Yeah, all have, like, they track location. So when there's movement in the water, those, those the, the, the buoys... They track the water displacement. Yeah. And that's how they, they... So they're like they're literally like... They set up a grid. Yeah. With like with the letters A and the through yeah. G at the bottom and like numbers like 1 through 25 on the side or whatever. So they're literally calling out attack shots to like A11 and E23. Well, they say like Alpha 1-1. They don't say A11. They say it in in the fancy military yeah. way. It's, but it's still, it's, if it, it, it felt forced. It felt like this is a novel way to do this, but it's stupid. Neither, I don't think either of us knew this was going to be an alien invasion movie coming into no, this. No, we hadn't. I didn't know anything about this movie. I don't even really remember watching the trailer before we watched the trailer right before yeah, we, we put the movie on. And I think both of us kind of looked at each other and were like, oh no. Yeah, we took the unusual even the, step. Even the trailer is insufferable. Yeah, we rented this on, on the Xbox, uh, which is the first time I've ever used the Xbox One to rent media. So we had the opportunity to watch the trailer first. And we thought, oh, let's do that. Why not? I thought we were going to get a very simple naval movie, like just submarines or battleships or whatnot, kind of I in this also thought tense, that. like kind of, I thought we were going to get something a little bit more Hunt for Red October, yeah, yeah. and what we got classier. was fucking aquatic Transformers. Oh, it was very Transformers. It was... So- all the things I hated about Transformers. But then also Water Peril. But then also, yeah, my two, oh God, I, that's one of my sticking points in movies is that like deep water makes me extremely anxious so any movie that has water peril i just i have yeah. a hard time sitting through this actually didn't have a ton of water peril yeah there was... it was more just like you're blowing up like that's scary i guess you're incidentally on the water while it's happening i think there's the... no like yeah. i'm drowning i'm trapped in a ship that's sinking kind of stuff yeah really the, i mean the closest thing to water peril is when you get shots of like the no name you know, officers below decks when there's flooding and mm-hmm. then they would get kind of pushed away by the water and then that's it. A lot of people die and, and I just feel nothing. It's frustrating. It's a frustrating... It's, I, this movie was impossible to connect to. On an emotional level, There's you don't know the emotional stakes. Yeah. And on just like a superficial plot level, you, you know that there are stakes because they keep repeating that they're going to destroy the world. But even in watching the events that are unfolding, I didn't even get that impression because the aliens seemed, it seemed like it was all just a big misunderstanding. And if we all got together and passed the conch shell around, like we could work this out. It's an incredibly difficult movie to pass because it was not designed to be possible. Yeah. This was not a film that was written edited, shot, produced, released with the intention of being comprehended by people. This was this is the definition of a popcorn movie. It is a movie mm. where they thought, you're going to come and see this, we're marketing it as a big action set piece, you're going to sit down, you're going to eat your popcorn, you're going to stare at a screen for two hours, there's going to be air conditioning, you're going to see trailers for other better movies, I don't care what the fucking film is, it's going to be better than this. And then you're going to leave. And by the and, end of it, we'll have your money. And you will have, you will immediately forget. Like, I, I would, I think that 
anyone who worked on this movie probably by now has long forgotten that they worked on this movie. And I know I've said that about other stuff, but I've said that about things like the Candyland movie and Furby Island. This is a fucking tentpole summer action blockbuster from 2012. The Dark Knight Rises came out in the same year as this film. Wreck-It Ralph came out in the same year as this film. Battleship exists. I thought I forgot the year when we were researching this, when I was saving the recording for the for the intro. I had to look up the year because I was convinced it was 2014, 2015, 2012. 2012 this film came out in. Do you think this is the hopeless place that Rihanna was referring to in her song? Yes, yes. Here's a, okay, Rihanna, Rihanna's in this movie. She's not great in this movie. There's a point where she and some other no people... No one in this movie can be great. Oh, no one gets the they're opportunity. They're trying. They're people, Liam Neeson wants to be great. He's trying to act his way out of this movie. He's, he's trying to escape. <laughs> It's like it's like Last Action Hero when death comes out of the screen, except it's Liam Neeson trying desperately to claw his way out of Battleship and into our world so he can be free of the curse. But it's... Rihanna, there's a se- sequence where her and a couple of other characters whose names I've immediately forgotten um, are going to investigate the first ship that is in the water out, you know, off the coast of Hawaii. And then they come back to the ship because the, the, their ship has been shelled and people have died. And their commanding officer has been killed... And Rihanna's like, where's the CO? And someone says, he's dead. And Rihanna goes, what? But you get the scripted what? You, if it, that's supposed to be like, I'm shocked. I can't, what? What do you mean? What? I can't believe this. She says it like she didn't hear him. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how the line is delivered. Like, she was just. She's your deaf grandma. <laughs> what? Like, not that, but not like that. But like, she, if you watch it, what? Yeah, I would recommend watching this movie just so you can say I have seen it. You can't see it. You cannot know Battleship. Battleship is an unknowable movie. I feel like I I have stared into the abyss and the abyss has stared back in shades of blue and orange. The shots in this movie make no fucking sense. There was that one shot of a burrito girl on the phone. <laughs> oh my god, even just even the camera work in this movie. The, the shot choices are so bewildering. There was this shot of Sam, Sam yeah. Burrito Girl, on the phone just having a normal phone conversation. And it was like a steady cam shot for some reason. And they just like weirdly circled around her. But it wasn't even a full but circle. It was like, it's like it was. She was standing still, uh, and then the cameraman takes like three steps to the right, and yeah, then stands. You, was, you described it as like the camera person was trying to like hold the shot, but then there was a bee, and, <laughs> and they were yeah. trying to like back away from the bee, but also like hold her in frame. That's very much what it looked like. And then they just used that. Tape. And then they used that take because I guess maybe he got stung by a bee shortly afterwards and went into anaphylactic They lost shock, the day. They and lost they the were like, shooting, oh no, yeah. we have to take Todd to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Todd. First you went and filmed boobs and then it turns out you're allergic to bee stings. Why don't we hire you, Todd? <laughs> oh. He has a lot of other good qualities. Yeah. I hope he made it. Did he recover? Did we yes. look better? Yeah, Todd's fine. Todd's fine. Okay, good. I, I had so much difficulty discerning one moment in this movie from the next. <sighs> Because it all just, it all bleeds together. Let's spend some time talking about that third act. Because I feel like we've we've tickled the balls a little bit. Let's actually, are you okay? Yes. Do you need a minute? No. Okay. So the third act. That's that's a great analogy, but it's also like not, I can't relate to it on the level that you can. Yes. Uh, I I mean, I can think of another one, but I don't think you want me to say it. No. Their ship has been, I guess, destroyed or something. Yeah, it sank it capsized it capsized they there was a big action set piece of them escaping the ship as it sank the only ship that they have available to them is an old retired battleship 
that is being... It's like a museum. Yeah, it's been like... used as a museum. There's, like, vending machines, and uh, but there are, like, veterans on board the ship. As docents. As docents. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't know what that word meant. But I remember, like, the minute you and Luke explained to me, like, of course there would be docents on the ship, my mind immediately went to, oh, the Battlestar Galactica reboot, the miniseries, because that's what Galactica is. It's this it's this retired old battleship from this, from this war, and everyone stationed on there is basically... There for yeah, they're veterans, but yeah, yeah they're they're tour they're guides. Yeah, you know, if you want to go look at the battleship, they'll so they're talking things. about they're talking about like getting the ship seaworthy again. Yeah, they don't have any any vessels to fight the aliens. There's most of the crew is dead now. Yeah, so there's like a handful of them. They're like, we don't have enough people to crew this ship. It's it's all analog. We we don't know how to get it up and running. Even if I had a manual, it would yeah. take me months to. And then all <laughs> as if summoned by some dark force. <laughs> All of the veterans appear. Like meerkats. They pop their heads up. I likened it to like crows appearing. (laughs) I was was like, I I just, like, before you guys had told me about the whole docent thing, I was like, oh, are veterans just naturally occurring in the battleship (laughs) universe? Like, if you turned around too quickly, made a loud noise, would they just flap away? Like, you sit in the park and and toss breadcrumbs, and the veterans will come. And they'll that, li- they'll light on your shoulder. That that simultaneously feels very funny, but also but also veterans actually live in parks, and we yeah, have a real problem. That's with a genuine yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so that got less funny. So there's kind of this. Um, Thanks for deflating my funny joke. You're very and welcome. Making it sad. Good job. That's what I'm good for. Um, so there's that moment where they're telling they're getting they like, they see the veterans and they're like, oh, this is a resource we can use. These these people aren't people. They're tools for a purpose. They use the, the veterans get the ship ready to go. They they load the weapons. They turn the engine crank. Well, I don't fucking know. And how these are actual like Navy veterans. I imagine like they cast the guy whoever is responsible for the cat. They cast actual veterans. Yeah, they like, didn't seem like a, actors. There is another character who is like a, a pretty central character who is an amputee, and that guy is actual like an actual amputee who was an army veteran. Yeah, like they're actual veterans in this movie. You can tell which ones they are because they can't act great. Yeah. But they're so cute. The old ones are so cute. And you can tell they're having a really good time. They're having fun. They're so excited to be on a movie set, you know. And we, like, they're just having a great time. And I felt really <laughs> bad for them that they had to watch this movie. Because, yeah. like, their performance is so pure. We were definitely joking that they would go to see the movie with their grandson. And like, okay, wake me up when I'm on the screen, Timmy. And then <laughs> and then at the, Timmy wakes up at the news. end of the movie. He's like, yeah, I fell asleep too. It's a bad film. You're in a bad film, Grandpa. I thought you were cool. And then I saw this. <laughs> oh. And now I want to know if it's possible to uh, was it emancipate myself from grandparents. Is that doable? <laughs> Can I divorce my grandparents? But, like, that's a brilliant idea. And Luke was saying, like, that's a whole separate movie. That you should get... have been the whole movie. Yeah. Is you have, there's an alien threat. You have all of these old Navy veterans who are working as docents on this ship. And for some, like, I guess if the, if the rest of the fleet got taken out, this is the only yeah. ship you have. Like, it's a museum ship. Yeah, it's up to us to save the day. We're old people. Yeah. Luke even pitched a title, which was Tour of Duty, which is so good. And he started, so like, good. casting. He's like Morgan yeah. Freeman. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. What's that, is, what's that film where it's a bunch of retired astronauts who get, it's like Space Cowboys or something like that? I don't know. That's where my mind went with it. I feel like I've seen a movie where it's a bunch of old people. Old people in space. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. But yeah, that's a really solid idea. Like That's, that's a, a movie that I would go see and I don't care about... Old white men? Military stuff. I don't care about old white men. I don't care about warfare. You don't care about old women. Or machines. It's It warms my heart to see old people who like haven't given up on life and aren't waiting for death. Yeah. Because that's my nightmare is I'm going to get so old. 
that no one's going to love me anymore and I'm just going to sit all alone in my house waiting for death. I'll always love you, Molly. Thanks, but I, you're going to die way before me. Oh, yeah, I'm going to die at least 50 years before you do. That's not even up for debate. 50 years? I've, I've, I, my Are you going to die tomorrow? My parents... No, you're going to live to 105. Oh. My parents lived to 51 and 58. Law of averages, I'm going to go around 54. I, I genuinely... You can cut this, but I genuinely had a dream last night that I was talking to you and you were convinced that you were going to die before you were 60. And I was trying to convince you that like, you don't know how long you're going to live. You could live past 60. And you're like, no, like I'm already, what are you, 32? Yeah. You're like, I'm already 32. I'm more than halfway done. Like I'm going to die. I genuinely do feel like that though. Like, <laughs> and I, I was, and I was trying to, and I got really upset in the dream, like trying to convince you that like, you're going to like, you're going to be fine. Like you're not going to die. I think that's a conversation that might actually have to happen I at some like... point. Cause I do feel like I'm not going to make it to 60. Okay. Just my parents both died. But you can make different choices than them. Uh. <laughs> you have, you can. Nah, though, but you can. Whether or not you exercise that choice is up to you. I like pizza and steak too much. Like shrug emoji. Okay. I have all. The, I'm gonna be really sad. I have all the worst medical ailments what that if, my parents had, both of them together what if in one I person. I find your body, and then my other nightmare scenario, I have to like retrieve keys from your body to drive a car away from aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Which did happen in this movie, in fairness. Now we have to keep all of that in. This movie, like, tickles all of my nightmare regions. Water peril. Having to interact with the dead dead body. CG aliens. (laughs) Emulating, but very badly... Very badly aping the style of Michael Bay. Yeah, all of it. It's It's just... my nightmares. Yeah. Nothing about this movie was fun. You didn't get the sense that any of the actors were enjoying themselves. Like we definitely didn't enjoy. We didn't ourselves. enjoy ourselves. So they made this movie for us before we knew that the show was going to be to a punish thing. Punish us. Yeah. I feel like this is some sort of divine penance that I'm serving for some for some crime. I have no memory. Just of all committing. of the movies that we're watching. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't deserve this. I feel like I struggle with like self esteem, but I genuinely feel like I didn't deserve that. <laughs> That's fair. I know I deserve better than. Than that movie I just watched. The, the, it is. I just. I, I've said it before in this episode, and I will say it again. I've never seen so much happen in a movie where I've understood so little and have been so bored. Like I would rather watch the Emoji Movie again because at least the Emoji Movie, the Emoji Movie set up some stakes. I think this is worse than the Emoji Movie. This is really bad. It's. I feel like it's bad for different reasons. Mm. I think of Emoji Movie as being like soulless cash grab. Like that's the phrase that I keep returning to as like what would be the opposite of a Lego movie experience. Like what is the worst way that you could translate a toy or game franchise onto film? Yeah. Like what's, what's the worst way you could do that? And for me, like soulless cash grab sums that up. But I don't feel like that term applies in this situation because it doesn't even feel like a cash grab. You know what this feels like? It feels like Universal got the Battleship license and they have it. They just have that license. And their thought was, well, I guess we better make a Battleship movie Yeah, now. it seems like everyone was like annoyed that they yeah. had to make this movie. Like, hey, hey, Colas, we want you to write the scripts for this. You want us to write for Battleship? All right. Okay. And then they had, here's the script. Oh, well, you finished it? Yeah. Oh, well, I guess we'd better make it then. I guess we have to. Do we have a director? Yeah, we do. God, who, do we have, an, is anyone attached? Liam Neeson said, I guess. So, and Rihanna's, you know, we got Rihanna for this? Yeah, it's really, 
I don't, don't know how that happened. It's just we're asking people if they want to do a Battleship movie and all of them are saying, I guess, and signing contracts. So I guess now we have to make a Battleship movie. All right, well, go off and film for four weeks. Hey, we're back from filming. You made the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we finished it up. I, we They gave us a script and I guess we shot what was on the page. We I, did our best with it. All right, well, d- I mean, do we have people working on visual effects? Yeah, they're working on it right now. Right now? Like, right now? Yeah, I guess they're doing it. Like, like what were they even doing? Aliens. Fucking aliens? Are, the battleship's got aliens in it? Yeah, Liam Neeson... Liam Neeson said some shit about a fucking chicken burrito and we're having a CG aliens with, like, weird lizard eyes. I guess we're... uh, Are they done with it? Yeah, they're done with the special effects. Okay, well, I guess we'll get the marketing team working on the final ad campaign and I guess it's going to come out in theatres. All right. Yeah, this seems (laughs) like a movie that just kind of, like, stumbled into existence that no one was planning on happening. This is like an an oops baby of a movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's an oops baby where you don't learn to love the baby. <laughs> it's an oops baby where every time you look at the baby, you yeah, cannot remember. Like, oh. So, like, did we name this? Did we name this baby? I can't remember the gender we assigned this baby. What What even is this baby? How did this happen? They go out, like, the parents go out for dinner and they come home and they hear, what's that noise? It sounds like a baby crying. Oh, shit, oh, we've got a, right. baby. We have a baby. Yeah, that's, that's the perfect analogy for this movie. It's like, imagine if, uh, what is her name in um, the actress who was in? Um, is it is it is Reese Witherspoon? It's not Reese Witherspoon in um, Fifty First Dates. What's her name? Uh, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Thank you. God, why am I mixing those two? That's up? Hawaii too. <laughs> Do you think they're set in the same? Yeah, they're set, timeline. Yes, it's all in the, actually Fifty First Dates came out in two thousand five, right? It came out two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah. yeah, so that so, would have been when they started the Alien Listening Program. Yeah, so it's, it's think... all part of the Fifty First Dates extended yes. cinematic universe. <laughs> Um, but it's like, imagine if, like, Drew Barrymore, is it Drew Barrymore? It's Drew Barrymore. It's Drew, thank God. Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler, like, they fall in love every day because of her shitty memory. But if he loses interest and it's like, well, she's not going to remember tomorrow, I'm just going to leave. But it's after they had the kids. And she's like, and she keeps on she waking up and there's babies there. <laughs> yeah. And every day she's like, where did this baby come from? And the baby is named Battleship, to complete the analogy. Like, that's... That's the situation. It's an old family name. It's an old family name. Her father was called Battleship and his father before him. So it's weird that she named the daughter Battleship, but she couldn't remember what was going on. Maybe Adam Sandler named the child. So the child keeps telling her every day, my name is Battleship. What's this DVD we made? It's the movie Fifty First Dates. Where do we, how do we score this? How do we do this? I feel, uh... I feel... I feel like in the same way that the D&D movie was kind of on its own scale, not... Because I feel like the emoji to Lego scale, there's a certain amount of like interpreting the intentions of the filmmakers and we kind of judge that. Yeah. Like with this, the intentions are impossible to discern. I I think one of the things that when it comes to, I think Dungeons and Dragons is a a perfect parallel to pull because Dungeons and Dragons is is a loose setting in which you can tell any story. Mm -hmm. Lego Movie, kind of the same thing, but with the way the Lego Movie has its strengths is it's... It capitalizes on that aspect. It capitalizes on that aspect of you can build anything you can, and and, and what what playing with Lego means. Like that movie is Mm -hmm. a perfect 
a representation of playing with Lego. Whereas the Emoji Movie was, as you said, just a cash grab. It isn't about anything. It isn't trying to be anything other than a marketing tool and a way to generate revenue. Dungeons and Dragons, they they told a story kind of loosely within that setting. wasn't good, but they did that. Battleship is kind of the same in that there's no discernible setting other than Navy. Like, Navy yeah. is... Is like interior navy day. Like that's the <laughs> what the script for a, 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 like a faithful at battleship adaptation would be, and they they don't. There's nothing. It's not that they didn't do anything with the setting. It's that there's nothing to be done. Yeah. Which is why they fucking brought in space lizard alien men. Because that's the only thing they could think of, I guess. It didn't have to like, be. It could have been. They could have done something else. This could have been a really cool like. Navy standoff movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it could have been battleships and submarines. It could have been en- two enemies. They don't even have to be, like, real-world enemies. Just, like, create some bullshit imaginary nations like in Battalion Wars on the GameCube and just have them kind of... Have this standoff situation. But, like, a fun fight. Like, yeah. have some fun. No one in this movie was having oh, it's, fun. It's everyone in the... Like, you could feel the contempt radiating from the screen. Everyone in this film wants to be not in this film. And I don't want to be in this... <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I can relate to how they're feeling. It blows my mind as well. Rihanna's performance is so bad, but she was in Ocean's 8 this year, and she's so good There's, in Ocean's 8. A lot of the performances are bad, like, especially for some of the people who were obviously they had cast veterans to play the yeah. veterans, and I was like, I respect that, like, that's a cool idea. Yeah. But they give bad performances, I don't think because they're inherently bad actors, but because no one in this movie was given anything to work with. Yeah. It's like that Clint Eastwood movie about the, the, the train hijacking, where they cast the actual people who were involved yes. in Yes. I forget the name of I that movie. I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, like, don't, I don't remember what it's called. This movie's bad. It's a bad movie. Um, so, yeah, if we're trying to rate this thing... I'm st- I I feel like it's it's in the same realm as D&D as the D&D movie. So like it fails spectacularly on every level. So if we were to create a secondary scale for things like D&D, like I would say like t- kind of board games, tabletop mm, stuff. Yeah. I feel like that scale even though we haven't watched it yet, that scale would probably be Battleship Clue. Mm, yeah. But with Clue being the the extreme positive yeah, and Battleship was, being the yeah. extreme negative. Um, which he, you know that that kind of flips it because we call the other scale the Lego emoji scale, which Lego being the positive, so it'd be the Clue Battleship scale. How do we feel about that? I'm fine with that because I feel like a linear scale is difficult to work within. Yeah, I don't know if we need two linear scales as much as we need one a big square, a big yeah. grid. Yeah, to plot these. I feel like one day you and I just gonna have to sit down. We're gonna and plot. sit down and actually plot this out. We're gonna get our protractor <laughs> and figure out. But this is so. There's so there exists then hypothetically a movie that is on the bottom of both the Lego Emoji scale and the Clue Battleship scale. Corner. Yeah, that lower like the corner of disappointment. Uh, but that this is this is definitely worthy of sitting within that really, corner region. This was a, a wretched experience all around. I don't want to relive. This. And I was like squirm. I was squirming through it. It's not fun for literally any human beings to have to endure this film. Um, if we have to give it a nu- if we have to give it a number scale, the number I would give it is uh, sepal. Sepal being a new number that I've invented, which is um, less than zero without going into a negative numerical space. Mm. Now I realize that sep is used for seven, seven, but it's because it's seven times was... as bad as zero. That works, right? I in my mind it sounded kind of like a cross between supple and nipple. 
supple nipple. A supple nipple. Yeah. But that's a good thing, right? And this is movie is a bad thing. Yeah. But we're done. We're done with it. We're free. Oh my goodness. What are we going to be watching next week? <gasps> next week we're going to be watching Barbie with Swan Lake, which I'm so excited about. It's going to be a great palate cleanser for this garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna, another Barbie movie, Barbie of Swan Lake. I've not seen this. You obviously I have, have seen, seen it. it. This was, this is one of my favorites. One of my favorite Barbie movies. Okay. Which is, considering Barbie as Rapunzel was so surprisingly was good. good. I know that um, Barbie of Swan Lake has some big names in it. Some big name voice actors yeah. in it. Anyone to look forward to? Kelsey Grammer. <gasps> Kelsey G- Frazier's in this? Yes. Oh my word. And um, I don't remember the actress's name, but Janice from Friends. Oh, I don't remember her name either. But I know the actress's you know, name. Yeah, you know who that is. She's yeah, like she's a bargain basement Fran Drescher. Yeah, her. Yeah. Yes, her. She's Odile, and um, Frasier is Rothbart, I think. Frasier's Barbie in this one. (laughs) It doesn't really have anything to do with Swan Lake, as I recall, but it's a fun movie that I remember is just inoffensive. (laughs) Like, it doesn't hurt to watch. That's great. And really, that's all I'm looking for after this experience is like, I want to remember that movies cannot hurt <laughs> as I watch them. And then we have five, because I know the movie that's coming up after Barbie with Swan Lake, and so do you, because we have it up on the screen on my computer right now. Mm. Um, we're, we're, we'll save that one for next time. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, should we wrap things up? Let's please wrap this okay. up, because I just want to lie down. Okay, well, hey, thank you very much to Jeremy for listening to Thanks, this episode Jeremy. of The Life Our number it. one fan. Our only listener, Jeremy... Uh, who listens to uh, the Life Trade with Ben and Molly? If you've enjoyed this episode, please do leave a positive review on iTunes, on Skitcher, wherever it is you listen to podcasts that lets you leave a review. Please do. Um, and don't forget to please also tweet about us. Podcasts like this survive on word of mouth, and the words that come out of your mouth will determine whether whether other people... I live or die. Yes. Um, if this podcast goes slower than fifty miles an hour, it will explode. So. Uh... <laughs> Have you seen that movie? No, but that's a funny thing to say. <laughs> I'm just imagining hearing those words out of context, and I'm not going to give. I'm just going to nod along. I wanted to. I wanted to give you context, but I think you will be happier if I never give you okay. context for that okay. joke. Okay, I'm happy with uh, that. Please, please give us positive reviews. Don't forget to tweet, tumble, Facebook. Tell your friends about us. Tell your enemies about us. Tell your parents about us. Your teachers, your boss at your next quarterly review. Any way you want to help spread the word of this show, so that we get more people listening is super duper peachy keen for us. If you want to reach out to us, we are The Life Toyetic on Twitter. We're The Life Toyetic on Tumblr. You can find us on Facebook by searching for The Life Toyetic. You can email us at show at thelifetoyetic.com. Molly, where people can find you. Where can people find you on the social medias? I'm at Molly Alice Hoy. That's Instagram and Twitter. On the social medias. Now, Instagram is probably the best place if people want to follow what is going on in Molly's world because you've taken kind of an extended break yeah I'm taking a Twitter vacation right now honestly it's one of the best things I've ever done for my mental health and I don't miss it (laughs) at all and I feel kind of bad that I have to go back just to like promote the show and It's fine. There's got to be like a blank just, Twitter interface where you don't see anything. You can just tweet. Yeah, out. I really just need to like heavily filter my feed because it yeah. was getting so like just the bad news bombardment every day was too much for me. Yeah. It's not the human mind isn't meant to deal with that much terrible news every single day. So I just turned it off 
And I feel so much better. It's nice to just pretend that just the world... Just focus on like where you are here and now, yeah. living your life with the people in your immediate surroundings and your immediate community. I think that was a really healthy step for me to take. That's, it, because there's so much of it. I don't, wanna, I don't want this to become like trends like you trends like these. Let's not do that. Um, if you want that, trends like these. Fantastic podcast. Um, you can find me online, Ben Padden. I'm on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Bebo, MySpace, all of the fun stuff. And, uh, yeah, huge, huge thank you to Brian Melblum for our theme, the Toyetic Toe Tapper, which he composed and recorded all by his very lonesome, uh, with just a few weird prompts from us. And he did that thing, and it's pretty fucking amazing. Is there anything else that uh, I need to say that I'm forgetting? Pax. Pax, yes, Pax West. Um, at the end of this month, uh, from August 31st to September 3rd, I think, is PAX West in Seattle at the Seattle Convention Center. I will be there Friday and Saturday. I'm flying back to LA on Sunday. But if you go to the Sandworm Theater on Saturday, September 1st at 6 p.m. Pacific, which makes sense. I don't know if I'm going to be streaming. I don't think I've been put in uh, any streaming rooms. I might have been. Anyway, if you're going to PAX West, I'll be there Saturday uh, 6 p.m. in the Sandworm Theatre. I'll be talking about the history of the microcomputer explosion in the UK uh, in the 1980s, which I mean the boom of popularity of microcomputers. I'm not saying they all kind of went up like Samsung f- cell phones. And that's pretty much... I think that's it. Am I forgetting anything else? I hope not, because I just want to be free. Okay. Uh, in which case, thank you so much for listening to The Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I have been Ben. I've been and still am Molly. And The Life Toyetic comes with everything you see here. Liam Neeson's chicken burrito sold separately. (laughs) And we're free. We're done. We did it.